You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Pacers got off to a good start against the Denver Nuggets Thursday night in their third game and fourth night in a back-to-back. A early first quarter lead for the Pacers, though faded quickly in the second quarter. It was mainly a game of runs back and forth. 9-0 here, 17-0 for the Pacers at one point, 8-0 for the Nuggets, 9-0 for the Pacers, so on and so on. But Nuggets had more runs than, than the Pacers ultimately. They were led by Michael Porter's 24 points, the third year uh, pro, I think, out of Missouri. Had a really nice night, continues to vault his way up into uh, NBA stardom in some ways. Jamal Murray had 23 points in their in their. MVP candidate Nikolai Jokic had 20 points and 12 rebounds and 8 assists. For the Pacers, they were led by Miles Turner, 22 points and 12 rebounds, one of his best shooting nights of the season. McDermott had 20 points as well for the Pacers, finally returning to some kind of form. All five starters scored double figures, but it was not enough as the Pacers lost to the Denver Nuggets, 113-103. to Welcome in to the Locked on Pacers podcast. My name is Adam Friedman, as always, the host of this wonderful show. And on today's podcast, I will break down the Pacers' Lost to the Nuggets. I will talk about the what the team has to do in the second half of the season to improve on their 16 and 19 record. But first, I want to start with just taking stock of where we're at now. So, 35 games into the season, and the Pacers team is below what I would say was preseason expectations. But considering the injuries, the trade, they're about where I thought they'd be. Now, maybe should they be closer to 500? I could, you could sell me on that case. I, I could see they should be 18 and 17, and there are games here they should have won. Uh, but the most telling thing about this team, and my co-host Tony has been on this a ton, outside of basically three or four games this season, the Pacers could have won or basically in every other game, right? I mean, even tonight they lost by 10. They were in the third quarter. We had a tie game. That was just pulled away at one point. Like, the Pacers are in these games over and over again. And so it kind of makes me feel like this team – is underperforming in some ways because they feel like they could win more games, right? When you take their win, their um, point differential, they would rank, I think, eighth in the East right now, and they're tenth, tenth record-wise. So it's a little bit obviously different than um, he doesn't quite match up perfectly. And they're they're like a decent team this year, right? They, they have two really solid top forty players in Brogdon and Sabonis, but they're it's a quick drop-off, right? they got Turner's strong, I guess Turner's really strong defensive skill and defensive player of the year level, but they don't really have a lot of those, like, right now because of injuries, middle-level players, right? So usually what makes the Pacers so great in the past is they have five top 100, five top 120 players, you know, seven in the top 200, right? They just, they sort of have this depth. I mean, I think the best comparison to make is go to that 2017-18 team, right? That was that, that was probably the last, the last, like, really good Pacers team, right? And so, at the top, you had Vic, who was playing at like a top 2015 level that season. I mean, he was, I think, second team All-NBA or third team All-NBA at the end of that year. Uh, and then it kind of scaled down, right? Thaddeus Young, Darren Collins, and Bojan are not, neither, none of those guys are probably top 50 players, but they were probably in this 80 to 100 range. Turner was still where he is now in that 50 range, a little bit worse, but was still pretty good. And Sabonis was, was emerging. And then, all, then you add on the bench a um, little bit of, uh, who am I thinking off the bench of that team real fast? But... Uh, that that seven guys right there that was, was a huge amount of depth for this team, and made this team exceed expectations right off, off the bench. And now I'm gonna remember real quick. That's right. That had, it had Lance off the bench that year for a little bit. He was pretty decent when he came in late in the season. Um, 
Corey Joseph, also a really good bench player. They just they had like eight playable players, and they had to bring Lance and they had to bring Trevor Booker in due to some injuries to Glenn Robinson and whatnot, and him not kind of coming back really from very well from the injury. Um, and so they, they weren't like super duper deep as like they could be this year if everybody's healthy, but they were seven, eight guys, seven, eight really good players, and then they had two or three fringe players who had to play above expectations to make the team successful, and they were. This season, they obviously don't have that, right? They have this kind of top tier of the two guys, then turn in that kind of middle tier, and they have a huge drop to the, probably their fourth best player of the season, Justin Holiday, who I think is a very good player, but he's not really a starting, whatever he is, small forward shooting guard in the league. He's really good as your sixth man off the bench, a guy who can step in when injuries happen, but like for a small period of time, not for extended, the same things for McDermott. I mean, you're getting McConnell to play way above what he usually plays at, right? I mean, he is, McConnell's been really good. I mean, tonight he had 10 points and five or five and four assists, but he's playing at like 30 minutes a game when he'd be playing like 23. I like what I said after Adam Sumner. I'll talk about him a little bit later. I did that early in the week too, but he's continued to be good. But yeah, the, the team is getting too much out of players who should probably be playing in smaller roles, and it's kind of creating this cascade effect, right? McDermott should be playing 30 minutes. I mean, honestly, Turner and Sabonis probably shouldn't be playing 38 minutes each. I mean, if they were, they had more depth, they could they could lessen those guys' loads by playing Gogo with some of the better teams, better guards slash forward players, and and try to survive those minutes. It's just, it's. Right now, I don't think the team is necessarily like give up. They're terrible because they're not terrible. They're they are a team that's fighting really hard to stay alive. Essentially, I think in the in the Eastern Conference, considering everything that's going on, but I think there's a very good case to make that that this team could be better, should be better if they were healthy, obviously, but also that this team probably should be slightly better than they are right now. But they just haven't had the best luck. Um, and the second half is going to be tough for this team, right? That that. We're going to see when Karras gets back. There's the latest update on him where it seems kind of close. Um, there's still no timeline, but he's playing one-on-one, is what Nate Bjorkren said. And he's practicing practicing with the team, so that's a really good sign. So if he can come back before the end of March, that would really help this team. Because I, they, to me, they're one guy short of being like above 500, and they're two guys short of being like competitive, like real competitive in the East. Right? I don't know if they're necessarily on the top three teams in the East level still. Those three teams are really good. Uh, in Boston, again, is sort of after a, a bad run, is starting to kind of come back and separate themselves again. You know, they've won four in a row now after beating the Pacers that Friday night. But to me, they're on Boston's level if they're 100% healthy, and they're closer to Milwaukee than they are to New York if they're 100% healthy. Now, will they get there? That's the question. If they don't get there, then we're then we're in a hole in the conversation because the team is right now is the 10th seed in the East. That obviously is a play-in game ability, uh, but they're only half a game ahead of the Hawks for 11 and a game and a half ahead of the Wizards. Um, two and a half ahead of the Cavs, but the Cavs are not very good. The Pacers beat them. I don't think the Cavs are good enough to make the playoffs. But the Wizards and Hawks definitely are good enough to get in, into that top ten if they, if they so desire, right? I mean, those those teams are uh, they're one one changed their coach because I think they're a playoff team. The other one has got you know a top twenty player in Bradley Beal, so and I wouldn't put it past them to be able to kind of chase the Pacers up there. Now there's also a bunch of other teams, right? The Pacers are only you know half a game back of the Bulls and Raptors, game back of the Heat or the Hornets and game and a half back of the Heat and two of the Knicks. So a lot of jumbling in that five through 10 range. So there's a lot, a lot can still happen, but uh, in any, you know, even if the Hawks went on a run, if the Hornets go on a losing streak, they're out of the playoffs, right? That's how close it is right now. But yeah, I think the team is underperformed in the sense that I think from just the eye test, like they should have won two or three more games. Now they get, they get, they did get that New Orleans game. They probably shouldn't have won. They had a Hornets game. They probably shouldn't have won. So there are games they should have lost anyways, but my mind, I thought like they should be like 18 and 17 right now, and that would be a pretty good record. It would put them, I think, at the five or 60, which would be a pretty good, you know, spot to be in right now versus the 10 seed. Um, but it's not like they're not wildly out of expectations because of the injuries and whatnot. Um, 
but I really hope the team gets healthy because I, I do think they're good. Like in terms of, I think I do like Nate Miller's coaching so far, 35 games in. Like I think he has a very inventive defense and is getting the most out of like a, I think a lack of talent is the best way to put that. He he's really dragging. I mean, he's getting the most out of guys like T.J. McConnell, Justin Holiday. Um, at times, even Evan Sumner trying to see his development a little bit. I mean, sometimes the players, obviously, but Durkin runs his really interesting defenses and um, is really good at stopping the best guards. It's too bad the East is full of really good, like, power forwards, slash centers, everyone you call Giannis, Embiid, and uh, Durant. If they were in, the, in the West, it'd be a little better because they could shut down guys like Donovan Mitchell and, you know, Chris Paul, maybe. Those are, you know, those are the top teams in the in the West right now. Portland's the 5 seed with Damian Lillard. But I so far, I I'm not, like terribly out on this Pacer team, obviously, just because with all the circumstances going on, they're okay. They're an okay team, but uh, it's going to be tough. And so we'll talk about that at the end of the show, but they, they got to get out to a hot start because they got a, they got a tough schedule in March due to the NCAA tournament being uh, in Indianapolis, so they play a ton of road games. So but talk about that at the end of the show. Let's do this. Let's take one quick break, and then I want to break down kind of what I liked and what I didn't like from tonight's game against Denver. But first, today's Locked On Pacers podcast is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. You can bet everything from props to real-time odds. I'm a big fan of prop bets. MVP bets are always interesting. I think LeBron had the had the edge maybe a month ago, but it might have swung back to Embiid. Embiid's been playing great, uh, so he might win the MVP push with that team, the number one record in the East. BetOnline even has you covered for things like awards, TV shows, and reality TV. You can bet on almost anything that you can imagine with their real-time updated odds. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device. Sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit if you use the promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. That means they'll match 50% to every dollar you put down. If you put $100 down, they'll give you 50 Go to betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Considering the amount of games pitched I played in the last week, I don't think tonight's loss came as a surprise. Unfortunately, I think they could have won this game, and it would have been a really, really good momentum boost to win the last two games before the break, especially a good Nuggets team, who they play pretty soon after the break as well. Uh, but Denver's a really good team. I mean, they've got, you know, to, they've got one MVP candidate, another guy who's in the top 30 or 40 at any any given night, Jamal Murray, and then Michael Porter Jr., who is, uh, I think, an up-and-coming star and honestly going to be their third option. Their third, he's their option. But they're like third piece of a, of a eventually like championship caliber team and maybe even this year or next year. But from the Pacers, I like that's up Turner tonight. Turner played fantastic. I mean, he had, he had one of his best games of the season. It's hard to say his best game because I think – when they almost won New Orleans or at home against New Orleans, that was a really good game for him. And when they win, it's like hard to have a guy has his best game when they don't win. But he had a really nice night, um, really good shooting wise, three of six from three, nine of fourteen in the field overall. Um, was just kind of a just a menace around the rim, frankly, um, which he needed to be every night. But he he still was, you know, the one thing I feel bad for him more than anything is that he gets sort of stuck in these lines sometimes where it's such bad defenders that he like makes the right switch and then he gets beat because the guy reads reads my switches and goes to the other guy and he really doesn't it's like he's got to pick his poison does he want to guard the guy driving at him or the guy cutting behind him and he can't stop both of them and so he gets kind of screwed but overall yeah turner had a really good night um i think this might be his like best first half of a season in a long time i mean i'm, I'm trying to think i mean he had a really good start to his second season but i mean if we're talking like 35 game stretches right now i mean so he's not averaging, he's averaging in his, these 
I guess he's played in 33 games so far this year. He's averaging 13.5 points, 3.4 blocks, 6.5 rebounds, and five or six and a half rebounds on 48, 32, uh, 78 shooting. So his three-point shooting's not been great, but I think I think he'll inch his way back up there. Um, you know, his career best is two seasons ago when he shot 38%, but it's a lot less attempts. But his defense, obviously, I mean, this is his best defensive rating by far. And he just, to me, he he does this thing every year where he subtly gets a little better at something, right? He maybe doesn't, like, make the huge giant leap from, like, you know, like, I mean, you talk about, like, superstar leap. But what he does is he gets a little better defense. Really, mainly been defense the past couple years. But he gets, like, a little better at perimeter defending, a little better at rim protecting, slightly better at, you know, blocking, slightly better at whatever. This year, this year to me, this, the difference he's made is his rim protecting, right? He, he was always a good rim protector, but this year specifically, he's gotten a lot better at not just at getting the block, but like timing that. But I think also forcing guys into batches around the rim, right? So he, he's been such a, so good around the rim at kind of just being like an overarching presence that he kind of forces guys into like bad shots. Even if he doesn't block it, they're shooting like, you know, off balance layups that don't go in. And I think, you know, his rebounding, we haven't quite seen the numbers yet, right? He's still he's at six and a half rebounds per game. But from my eye test, it feels like his rebounding has been slightly better this year, right? So if you take um, since the start of February, he's still at about six and a half rebounds. So he maybe it's not like overall numbers right now, but it feels like he's a little better rebounder this year in terms of just like um, the offensive rebounding and just, I don't know, I feel like he's more present around around the rim in some ways when it comes to rebounding. I mean, he's, he's, about, he's about his career average in offensive rebounds right now, but... I don't know. From matches, I feel like he's getting better at rebounding, but I guess we'll see how the stats play out over the next, what we got, 37 games left. Um, the other player, who I already talked about this week a little bit, but Edmund Sumner, man, he is, he, he I expect him to play big minutes when we get back from the from the break, um, even if, like, Karras comes back. Now, if Karras and TJ both come back, maybe, but Sumner is playing at a low, I think he's actually better than Aaron Holiday, frankly. He's just got, he's a better defender because he's got the size and the athleticism and he just provides so much of a pop offensively. You get a guy like Karras back, Sumner fits so well off the ball next to somebody like that, right? So I'm imagining if when they get Karras back, you see Dubinger go to the bench, right? So the starting lineup will be Brogdon, Karras, Justin Holiday, Sabonis, Turner, right? And then you'll see some bench lineups. I'm thinking of Sabonis or Turner, depending on what they decide with McConnell, McDermott, Sumner, and I guess you could see and Jeremy Lamb probably because Lamb is still probably going to get minutes because he's better than Aaron Holiday and that's a pretty decent you know bench lineup. I mean I start, I start to get back to their you know previous um, killer bench lineups of last year where it was a bonus plus the four guys. Now um, we'll see if Aaron Holiday does get minutes. He got nine minutes a night, and I'm not like I said I'm not just not a big fan of Aaron Holiday. He's just been so inconsistent is the right word I think erratic not good i mean i don't know how else to say he just hasn't been very good this year um in my opinion obviously it's not it's borne out by the stats it's not really like that hot of a take but he's reaching the point now where it's like do we need give him minutes right he's shooting 37 percent from the field uh that's pretty miserable right sumner on the other hand is shooting 51 percent from the field now it's less shots half amount of shots and sumner some have shot half the amount of shots as holiday but you have to assume if you bring karis back he's going to take some of some of those those holiday shots anyways right you got to figure out a slide in, you know, Karras is, let's say, 12 to 14 shots. And so where do they come from? Well, they probably come, you know, seven from Aaron Holiday right there, maybe one or two from Lamb, probably one from Brogdon. And there, you know, let's see if you get to that number, frankly. But, yeah, I'm uh, I'm really – I mean, Sumner and Sumner's really getting me excited because I think he's developing to, like, a really good player. And I think he's becoming the player that – we didn't know he was going to be this way. I mean, he showed the athleticism, you know, for the past two or three years when he stayed healthy, but – He's putting all together finally, three-point shooting a little bit here or there, and the defense, man. He's just so long and so freaking fast. Um, 
The one thing I have left in this Pacers team, which it continues to be kind of the, the bane of this team existence, is their defense at times. Um, they had some issues tonight. Just they just frankly, so this game was I started the podcast. It was a game of runs, right? So the Pacers went on like a seventeen zero run at one point. Nuggets had a couple of nine zero eight zero runs. Pacers had a couple seven zero runs. I think you're there. Um, they get into these ruts and they just it's like they can't stop anybody and then they they take bad shots and it leads to more points to the other team and they get to, you know these like. I don't know, two or three minutes where they get killed in games. I mean, I've seen it over and over this this first half of the season, but uh, that's where they get beat. They get they just get beat in these you know three minute stretches, and that kind of is it. And it's not, it's no fun to watch. And the team isn't. It's just, it's frustrating because it feels like this team should be able to win more games. And tonight they it, there was no no exception to that they just they're coming with the bench too. Like you you had Elgish came off that came in off the bench, not off the bench, but like off like I think in the third third quarter, early fourth, and. He comes in and they immediately go for eight straight points. Right, it was like a tie game. He always comes in now. Now they score eight straight. It's like they just like they don't have any. They just don't have an ability to like match other teams' top scores at times, and it just kills them over and over and over again. Um, other things in this game, uh, they got out rebounded, which is you know I think most of the time if they're not close to the rebounding tie, they usually lose the game. They got it rebounded by nine rebounds tonight. They won the offensive glass, but um, I don't know. They just they're just not a good re- rebounding team, frankly. Uh, overall, I mean, they missed they miss more shots, right? So the Nuggets shot 58%. Pacers shot 45% from the field. So obviously, there's more rebounding opportunities for the Nuggets. So I think that the out-rebounding thing is a kind of indication of how they shoot, right? So the Nuggets took 13 less shots and still made four more, which is like a huge deal. Um, they're about even on threes, actually, which is interesting. But uh, the fact that the Nuggets had 13 less shots and won this game is, is indicative of this Pacer team because the, the free throws are pretty even. I mean, there wasn't a lot of other things that were that that off except for that. And a lot of that's because the Pacers took 39 threes and missed 25 of them. The Nuggets took 28 threes and missed 11 of them. So that's, a, that's kind of a huge difference there, frankly. But, yeah, we're heading into the break, and I think at least they won on one way against the Cavs because this team be 15 and 20 and literally at, like, the 11 or 12 spot in the East. So they're hanging in at the 10 seed. So let's do that next. Let's talk about what I think this team needs to do as we hopefully return to a second half of the season, a better second half starting in uh, March 12th. But first, today's Locked On Pacers Podcast is also brought to you by Blue Chew. Blue Chew is making waves and bringing more confidence to you in the bedroom. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra Cialis, but in a chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. Blue Chew tablets combat all forms of ED and can help men gain extra confidence for when it's time to perform. Blue Chew is an online prescription service, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line at the pharmacy, and it ships right to your door in a discreet package. The process is simple. Sign up at bluechew.com. Consult one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll start receiving prescriptions within days. The best part, it's all done online. Blue Chew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredients and strength for your prescription. Don't like swallowing pills? No problem here. Blue Chew Cetaphil and Tadafil tablets are chewable. Blue Chew tablets are made in the U.S. of A., and they prepare and ship direct, so it's sh- cheaper than a pharmacy. So if you could benefit from extra conference and want a time to perform, visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout and just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, to receive your first month free. And we want to thank Blue Chew for sponsoring this podcast. So we've got 37 games left in the season. The second half of Pacer season starts March 12th, I believe, in Los Angeles. It's a, a rough March for this Pacer team, and so they get the next week and a change off, I think about eight days. 
from my last game. Then in the month of March, they play, I believe they play just three home games. And one of them against Brooklyn, against Detroit, and one against Miami. They play in Los Angeles against the Lakers, in Phoenix, in Denver, in Miami twice, in Milwaukee, in Dallas, in Washington. So, um, like, there's a good chance you look at the Pacers' first nine, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games, seven games out of the break, they could lose all sevens. Lakers, Suns, Nuggets, Nets, Heat twice, and Bucks. Now, I would hope, and man, they keep playing Milwaukee on the second and a back-to-back. They're really screwing this Pacer team over and over again. Although, at least it's like they play the afternoon against the Heat on Sunday, so it's not as bad. But, man, they're mean to this Pacer team against the Bucks. They just love to put them in a tough situation against that team. But the one good thing is the Pacers are a pretty decent road team. Um, if, you, if you went by road record alone in the East, I think the Pacers are the are one of, let's see, them and the Bulls are the only teams in the East that are 500 or better on the road. So they're a better road team than home team this year, oddly enough. right? They're 9-8 on the road, 7-11 at home, so maybe that helps, frankly. But, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be a tough schedule, and they're going to need they need Karras back as soon as he can get, get get on the court, frankly. And it'll probably be at least a little, no, I would guess at least another two or three weeks. I think April 1 is sort of what the like going rumor is but it's not a confident thing but that kind of early april deadline is sort of the thought for him i put him about i think two months since his surgery which is about the timeline of about eight weeks when i think they thought they might he might return or at least be like full contact then we'll kind of see but it's going to be i mean they're going to have to get off to a hot you know they have to steal some games here but they're going to have to win you know in they have to win one of those first three games for sure i mean they have to win in phoenix or in denver uh they're going to need to win the home game against Brooklyn, possibly, and they have to win one of the Heat one, right? So if, in those first seven that are against really good teams, if they could go 2-5, and five, they will then be 18-24. and 24. Then they play Detroit, Dallas, Washington, which are three games they could win. You know, Dallas is decent, so is Washington. Detroit should be a winnable game. Um, but then I think there's a break, right? In, in April, things get a lot better, right? It's, a, it's Charlotte and San Antonio, Chicago, Minnesota, Orlando, Memphis, Houston, Atlanta, San Antonio again, Oklahoma City, Detroit. Or I mean, those are these are not going to be like easy, easy games, but they're winnable games against winnable teams. Especially if this team starts to get some of their their better players back, they could have a really good April, right? We could see them head into you know end of March. I think we talked about this before at like twenty and twenty six, or you know twenty and twenty. I don't want to get that point, but twenty twenty six is what I thought they'd do. But they could end April at above five hundred. Like they could they could gain back all those losses in in April alone, and then really, I mean, May is also not that tough. I mean, it's not. You know, cakewalk, but you know they've got I think ten or ten games in May, and they're against the Wizards, Kings, Hawks, Wizards again, Cleveland, Philadelphia, Milwaukee, uh, Los Angeles, and uh, Toronto. So again, more winnable games. I think the issue is this first seven or so are going to be really hard. If they go if they go five hundred in this first seven. I, I fully believe this team definitely can go. You know, can make the playoffs. I just worry if they lose. You know, this is the first seven, and they end up seventeen and twenty five. Some point, like, are we looking at a team that possibly? Is a, is, a, is a lottery team, which, considering the injuries, it wouldn't be that surprising. I mean, this is, the you know, when you're missing, you know, your third and fourth best player, and arguably Tito Warren was their second or second best player last year behind Sabonis or Brogdon, um, it, it makes sense. I mean, this is a team that's normally built on depth and doesn't quite have it, and it's a tough year, and they're playing a lot. It's a lot of games, and it seems like, you know, a lot of the NBA is about this range, or the teams that are doing the best are the ones that have the best depth or have really talented stars, right? I mean, you know, Brooklyn's got huge depth because they got three superstars. Milwaukee's got huge depth because they have three really good, I mean, not superstars, but three top 40 players. Um, and Philadelphia's got the MVP, so that helps. And two two guys in, their, in the top 20 or 30. So, uh, 
yeah, it's it's going to be a rough little run start the second half. But I think for this team to to succeed, it's going to they need some upsets and some health and maybe some some luck. Some you know, I thought that for sure they were going to get some luck in that you know three scale when they played Gold State. We on a back to back. Boston was on a back to back, but they couldn't get any of that. And then obviously you know. I thought maybe they could steal one against Denver just because it's the last game before the break, but Denver was not having it. So they're going to need, they're gonna need some luck, luck on their end. Uh, hopefully avoid some COVID scares. We're getting into a better point. So not the worst thing. I, I think COVID is getting less and less because of the vaccine and whatnot. But overall, 35 games in, not the best, not the worst. Team's still alive, but it's going to take take some 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 good turns, some good balls to bounce their way for them to be able to win, you know, to get into probably even the top five. They'll probably – I mean, I, I'd be surprised they're not in the in the in the play-in game, but to get outside that top seven, they're gonna need some luck. So, here's hoping the Pacers have a good, you know, a lucky last 37 games. Knock on wood. So, that's all I got for locked on Pacers podcast. Tony, I'll be back uh, getting him next week. I don't know if we're gonna do a Monday show or not. We might take a day off because the All Star break, but we'll be back to talk about Sabonis' All Star game and some other stuff. Preview the, you know, we'll do our our. Uh, annual i guess we call it now we buy annual schedule breakdown we'll go through the 37 games pick wins losses see where the team's at and we'll finally we'll have an idea of what we both think will have happened to this team frankly so uh we'll do that next week as well and then obviously we will uh bring you back some game previews starting on thursday or friday uh that's all i got for lockdown pacers podcast you can follow us on twitter at lockdown pacers me at free Madden five we'll see you guys again next week <laughs>